start with starting? <laughs> that, that sounds like a good plan. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Professionally Without Profession, and also now a video cast. Yeah. I am Raisa Kudasheva and this is another host. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Valerie Steiner. And yeah, we're doing Professionally Without Profession together. Yes. And um, on this podcast, we're talking about art and what it's like to be a fine artist or contemporary artist in 2023. We are also talking about our view of the world as artists and what issues worry us as young art creators. And today we're talking about trends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you, like when you started preparing for that? Yeah. What happened? So at first, I have to say that Valerie and I are taking turns in proposing themes. Mm -hmm. And the theme that I have proposed was trends. And when I started thinking about the theme trends, I realized that basically everything that I'm seeing now is a mutation of the past. Yeah. I see a lot of trying to mimic the aesthetics of like 18th century mixed with like cyborgs mixed with materials which were used I don't know last century also I see the influence of the previous years and I feel like it's inevitable because if you think about it the art of like ancient Rome and ancient Greece was basically based on the art of Egypt mm -hmm. and people forget that a lot I yeah. think yeah yeah And we think of Egypt as like pyramids, but actually they have such a rich art and cultural heritage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people don't see right now, that all of these bad art projects or pe <laughs> what, what people who are not accustomed to art think are bad are yeah. actually building upon the history of the past. Yeah, that's very well put. And yeah. I think it's also this feeling that we as artists, most of us know if you can create something completely new. Yeah, and which can lead to an existential crisis, but it can also lead to an inspiration of like, okay, I'm gonna work with what's already here, but I can make it to something that is new because I did it and I have a new view on it and yeah. I combine new stuff, which is also yeah a way of working with it, I think. And I think people always disregard that there is an artist behind every mm -hmm. project and even if it's a repetition of something else it's going to be different yes. because you are a different person and the you context have context is also different yes yeah and you lived a different life mm -hmm. and you have a different history and you have different memories and you have a different outlook even us i would say that we well now we live in the same country mm -hmm. and we are the same age and we go to the same school university I was told also calling university school, but like it's an art I school. I always do that when I like tell you, oh, I'm going to school, but then I'm like, actually, it's but I mean, uni. it's also a school. But it's a school. Yeah, yeah, I think it's actually called a school. But like even us, mm -hmm. we're so similar, but we're so different. Yeah. And, and our art is very different. And our art is yeah. completely different. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I was also thinking about is that like through the 20th century and the 19th century, We kept seeing all of those movements, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, minimalism and impressionism and whatnot. Do you think there is a movement possible in 2023 or we're out of movements and we're in a post-movement era? I mean, there 
question like what how is a movement defined i mean a movement can also yeah. be very small if it's just a movement mm. you know what i mean there could yeah be a movement in like a group of people that's the people yeah that are only like five people yeah true but that's like not the question but i think of course like times changed in a way of everything's more global also social media mm-hmm. which could make in the first thought you think that makes a movement easier mm. because you can connect yeah and in some way maybe it does but at the same time there are so many people so many projects so many possibilities that there are so many niche things that in every like niche part of like art or whatever you can there are new movements all the time and you can't really keep up with them all the time mm-hmm. um and everything is a lot faster i think like yeah i mean you see that with like trends on whatever tiktok like it's a stupid example but they if you don't do it in the first five days, it's already kind of over or, or already before. Like it mm. happens very quickly before art was quite slow and it still is. So I think art is kind of moving in a different way than other trends that are mm-hmm. happening. I mean, yeah, I think it happens with fashion trends that people are constantly like, oh, the 90s are coming back. Yeah. But actually, are they? Like they were coming back two years ago, I mm. swear, in shoes. But now people talk about like low rise jeans and that's the trend. But for how long will it be? And also, oh, the 80s are coming back, but they've been coming back forever. Like, I just feel like with with fashion, for example, it's super quick right now. You cannot really trace Mm -hmm. the the connections between things anymore. And with art, it's just slower. Um, There are also trends, but there are so many different influences just because everyone is on Instagram right now, as you said, and it's so global and everybody's inspired by everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're going to see it, this globalism, as a trend or described as a movement, not as a trend, described as a movement in like 10 years or 50 years. Looking back. Uh, uh, As I was thinking about it, I wanted to talk about some of the movements that perhaps influence the art of today Mm -hmm. and what I see the most. And what do you think or which movements to you, you would say, you see echoing now the most? Um, Okay, so I wrote down some stuff in my little booklet. Um, First, uh, I think collective work is a huge thing. We see... Um, open calls that are directed towards collectives that before weren't. Um, we see that fundings are of for collectives. Yeah. Um, that we see it in school, like that it's always about collective work, collective movements. And I think it does make a lot of sense because we want to change things or a lot yeah. of us want to change things. And we realize that as an individual, we can't do that or we just fail and repeat the same things. If you mm-hmm. like talk in a political way, um, it's really hard to achieve something on your own um, or I would say impossible. Um, and I think so. it's super nice to also rethink that in the art where it was like this artist as a genius and as this one persona of the man that doesn't need anyone but often there were a lot of people actually around yep. them or like women that helped them and we just didn't acknowledge that yep so it's nothing new i think it's just talked about it in a different way and so but i think it's also we need to also discuss that mm-hmm. because again if we just say oh yeah it is a collective but we still don't change the power dynamics that happen in these collectives it doesn't help that it's now officially a collective and against power struggles or for political movements Mm -hmm. if in that collective the same stuff repeats itself which Mm. is very common i think and also we need to acknowledge that not every person 
is capable or wants to work in a collective. And you also can be egotistic because yeah. I have a big ego, even though it's a very, <laughs> very anxious and not so self-confident mm -hmm. ego, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like nowadays it's also, it's not a trend, but it's what we are noticing is that the name of the artist is not important anymore. Yeah. It's important what you do and what you make, but who made the artwork is not, is not as important. And what I see in schools is that there isn't this push towards competition between individuals mm -hmm. maybe between projects yes but not between individuals and i think that's super nice I that is that nice, part yes. of the collective movement yeah that it's not about like against each other but yeah. with each other because yeah. i think even if you don't work as a collective you can use the principles of collective work in a different way um, yeah, I agree. And we talked about collectives, but I can talk about like which movements I'm noticing. Yes. And maybe you have something to say about yeah, that. Perfect. So one of the biggest ones is the ready-made. And the ready-made was introduced into the world by Marcel Duchamp in the beginning of the 20th century. And one of his most famous works is The Fountain, which is basically a pissoir. Do you call it a pissoir where the men yeah. piss? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like an, an upturned pissoir. A urinal, right. Yeah. And, but he called it a fountain. So yeah. basically he just found the urinal, renamed it into a fountain. That was the work. He made more things like the bicycle wheel, which was mm -hmm. basically a bicycle wheel on a stool. And also um, the advance of the broken arm, which is a shovel. So he took a shovel, gave it a creative name, and we can talk about names as well. Mm -hmm. And that became the artwork. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot now as well. First of all, creative names, which are... That's Oh part of the work. I love it though. Yeah. But also yeah, the Biennale, and I think we talked about it in that, or did we? I don't know. But at the Biennale, I always had this, how I remembered official artwork's name is like untitled or like very short yeah. and clean. And now you see these very long, like it's nearly a poem at this point. And it's really beautiful. I love it. Yeah. But it also needs to be etchy. And now I'm like working on my um, project. I'm like, fuck, is my title etchy yeah. enough? Like it's already long, but like yeah. it needs to be cool and fancy. I mean, I we, we talked about it, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I did a work, which I think is a low effort work mm -hmm. for the presentation that I had in the Vienna school where mm -hmm. I did my exchange. And it was a chair and I gave it a title of And Life is Fair and But a Chair, which is the last lines of one of the poems, I think, Pilgrimage by George Herbert, mm -hmm. who is one of my favorite poets just because he's he's religious, but like in a very uplifting way. Yeah. I almost became a Protestant because of him. Oh my God. And that's intense. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. But I was like, I had no intention of calling my work two lines of a poem. Mm -hmm. But every time that we had a Tzedkayev, which was like a discussion of the work of some of the art mm -hmm. students there was always this drive or this push towards creating a very very complicated name mm -hmm. and I was like what is better than like taking an actual poem I would be such a smart ass <laughs> and this was literally my thinking yeah. I was like thinking of a smart ass title yeah. and sometimes I think it is a, an amazing thing and it can add so much to the work especially mm -hmm. if it's quite a simple looking work yeah it can also be so forced yeah yeah like if you just do it for the fact that you did it and yeah. it doesn't fit, uh, then it makes it just look cheap because you're like, that's mm. just not, you s you feel that it doesn't fit together. Yeah. And if it's too obvious, that's just, it's then like, just leave it untitled at this point. Do you point. need to be a smart ass to be an artist? I don't know. Good question. I feel like now you need to Are be a smart, smart ass. Asses? I don't know. <laughs> like, 
Am I well read? Like, yeah. I constantly feel like you I have are. to read. No, but I'm you not... are. You're crazy okay. well read. Okay, thank yeah. you. But I'm not. No, we're not going <laughs> to discuss just, that. I disagree, Otherwise, but I'm like, like, we can't. I'm not even in the game. Because <laughs> I, think, I think you're more well read. But okay, mm. we're just okay. going to stop there. Yeah. Um, the next movement that I thought was Arte Povera, which is basically poor art, which was the movement in from like the end of the 1960s to the end of the 1980s in Italy. It was like grounded and it was like five biggest artists there. And what it means is basically art created out of poor materials, like soil, rags, twigs. It was, the movement happened because it was years of lead in Italy when the political situation was super unstable. There were constant terrorist attacks. And I feel like many people were probably also like economically quite quite like poor as yeah. well. And that reflected in the art. And then it was called Arte Povera, but like you can see the background. Yeah. And I feel like that is reflecting or the fact that many young people are now kind of struggling to make their ends mm -hmm. meet because the materials are very expensive. Yep. And I feel like now everybody's trying to economize. And so we're seeing a lot of constructive materials because you can mm -hmm. get them in the secondhand stores or you can literally go to a construction site and ask for things and that's why i'm seeing this like arte povera thing which yeah. also included a lot of like combination of materials and i see it now as well like sorry trying to combine like latex yes. and silicon and like wood and like what whatever like basically everything that you have at hand yeah. into one object i think it combines a lot of things of um themes that are around like the yeah, the global like econ economic crisis, but also climate change. Yeah, and the combination of materials. It feels nicer to reuse yeah. things. And oh my gosh, I remember one of my okay. Now it's not a friend, but one of my friends uh, used epoxy resin. And one person like, and they told me that one person approached them and was like, "Oh hi, blah blah blah. Is that your sculpture? Oh, it's so nice." And then, what is it made of? And mm -hmm. then he said, "It's made of epoxy resin." And that person stopped talking to him for the whole evening and forever because they were like for the green was movement. Canceled. Like he was cancelled. And I'm like, that's so, I don't know. I thought that was a bit too yeah. extreme. I think we have to do an whole episode about like green ecology. and yeah. ecology and art because it's a very, like most things in art that you do, you wouldn't have needed to do it. Like people would have lived fine without that artwork. Yes. And you still use material um that maybe was problematic in a way um there's this yeah there's a lot of project that also talk about this yeah. and i think it's super interesting and kind of like explodes in this like thing that we have today but yeah we need to talk about it yeah but i yeah what what i mean to to say is that many people now are, are reusing materials yeah which at some point in history wasn't that look for, like it was mm -hmm. considered rubbish mm -hmm. or like many people say why so many contemporary art projects are about rubbish <laughs> sometimes they aren't they're just made out of rubbish because that's accessible and that's about the everyday yeah. and that's something we talk about rubbish a lot yeah. and we talk about what are they called like sites where you dump stuff like you yeah. dump rubbish yeah. it's it's in the media it's around you you have to like separate your rubbish as yeah. well and also it's very accessible for example i had again a person who was doing objects out of the bottle caps mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you buy drinks yeah. every day. It was a hot summer. And you're like, you feel guilty about it. And yeah. then once you utilize what you have been using into an art project, you feel better about yourself. But I that's also it. funny, I think. Like, I also yeah. did it before, I think. But, like, this thing of 
Oh, but I also used it for an art project, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's like this moral thing that you have in your yeah. head. Yeah, don't buy a bottle yeah. in the first place. But I do, I do. Like, I'm not, I'm not, good, at, I'm not good at ecology stuff, but we can, <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, and the last thing I put, like, out of movements was minimalism, which is weird because once I started thinking about it, I think that's not a thing anymore. Mm. I see it, but every time that you see like canvases painted in like a specific color or very minimalist objects, that's considered cheap. Not cheap, cheap in terms of meaning. Not deep enough as an art project. And I don't see minimalism a lot. And we just feel like we've seen it. Exactly. Like if you see another black canvas, you're just like, oh. Are we seeing Malevich right now? Yeah. Yeah. What I talked to you uh, about to you today, like Joseph Albers or Robert Ruman making white paintings. Yeah, Yeah, they did it. And at that point it was unique, but now it's not anymore Mm. or it's just very repetitive. And it's really hard to make a minimalist project um, unique, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So, and you mentioned last time. Okay, I'm saying last time because we already recorded an episode (laughs) about transfer four. To be fair. why, why, Why I feel confused of what I've already said this. <laughs> yeah, because we already ago, recorded we recorded this, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't good enough to for Raya standards because Raya kept saying yeah, yeah, yeah. So I swear if you do it again this time and we no. re record it a third time, no. I'm not doing it. No, no, I I know, I know, I know. Oh gosh, <laughs> I, I'm joking, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> um, but basically, you mentioned maximalism, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, maximalism. And then I was like, I don't really understand what it means. Like I see it, yeah. but also I can't explain it. Yeah, I get that. I think I first started see or realizing that it was there from fashion. Or like YouTube videos mm. about fashion that I've oh, seen. Oh yeah. Um, where it's like tons of layers and another thing and crazy makeup and glitter and that and crazy shoes. And I love it. Like I love crazy fashion things and Same. I love layering and I love maximalist stuff. Even though I think I could go bigger, but I, we're, we're going there. It's it's a process. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Do you want to show your pants? Oh yeah, I want to show off my... Ooh, oh my god, my legs hurt so bad. <laughs> they fit. Like the people who are not watching us on video, um, we have a tiger background yeah. and Valerie is wearing zebra pants. Yes, and they're both fluffy. Like the fluff is unreal. Yeah. I even have fluffy socks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, fluff. Anyway, yeah, and I think it also, that's, we will talk about it in a few minutes, I think, in this podcast, that like yeah. fashion and art are trend wise comparable in some ways some ways they're also distinctable but that we um, also see a maximalist trend in art that there's like what you already said before material on top of material and on top of material yeah there's a canvas and then there's dirt and then there's latex and then there's glitter and then there's a sculpture and everything is combined and everything is in the room and color and or yeah just like and I also love working with that like this is actually a thing that I wanted to use for painting like it's fun yeah um, so you wanted to use the tiger yeah. tiger background textile fluffy exactly. for painting. For my canvas. Yeah. So I think it's it's maybe also because what you said before, minimalism is hard that it's something new. Yeah. So if you combine everything, maybe all the things that you used have been used. Yeah. But the combination ha- you haven't seen before. So it's kind of an interest in going that direction. Um, also with the long titles, it's also kind of a maximalist It's also thing. maximalist, exactly. Like just going, like just yeah. not being scared of being like too much in that way. Mm-hmm. Just like adding on top. But it 
hats, it's still hard to find, like, or to make quality stuff in that. Yeah. Because just because you add tons of things doesn't mean that it looks cool. But I think right now, especially in fashion, where sometimes at this point, if you just add enough things, it does look cool because it's a trend. Just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're just bold for doing it. Mm. And I think with time, when it's not as new anymore, and yeah. I think already now it's not as new anymore, but it's still trendy, it will be more differentiated in, yeah. like, what's actually nice maximalist and i mean i think you've mentioned it you mentioned that we will talk about it later but we can talk about it now yeah. as well um what i was mentioning is that i see a lot of tribal and oh, yeah. like tribal flames and tribal flames are something connected to the 90s mm-hmm. and it started appearing in fashion not long ago like yeah. on socks you would yeah. always see those like orange flames yeah. with black uh, lines around it and i saw it on designs on cars as mm-hmm. well i have an acquaintance and he made like really bright colored cars cars that were then used to smash them against each other. I don't know what that hobby okay. is called, but you buy a really <laughs> shitty car, you paint it with paints for for like street paints, and then you crash them against I'm, each other. I'm intrigued. Exactly. So that's probably one of my most oh my God, interesting, okay. one of the most interesting people I know. Yeah, sounds um, like it. And he used to paint almost every car tribal. Everybody wanted tribal at some point. And now I see it in art yes. objects, like metal sculptures. Yeah. Like those shapes of metal tribal flames. And also in paintings sometimes. And paintings as well, yeah. using the airbrush. Yeah. Like airbrushed paintings with tribal. Even though... I mentioned tribal. Some of the trendy forms featured in exhibitions around the world that I'm trying to explain actually allude to Gothic motifs of literature of the 19th century. The features of projects, art projects, which take Gothic motifs into their aesthetic are very recognisable. They include thorny and liquid-like thread or frame structures in dark colours and they're usually made out of black or grey textile or feature insects or they're made out of metal. When we're talking about 2D, so painting and drawings, or digital works, the artists are trying to create environments like somewhere other, haunted and mysterious, like something taken from Withering Heights. And a lot of contemporary projects are sort of threatening and uncomfortable to look at because of this gothic aesthetic. Sometimes, however, those projects are also uncannily sexy. And I'm also a big fan. I see the connection there. It was, you would see it on Instagram or Mm. on, I don't know, TikTok or on any other social media, on pants, on on socks. Then you might wear those socks and then you kind of feel, I don't know, connected. I think that's how it happens with trends anyway. Um, It's it's sometimes scary for me because I start liking things that I hated before. Yes, same. Low waist. I was like, I'm never, no matter what happens in my life, I'm never gonna wear one low waist jeans ever. Mm. Look at me now wearing low waist. Yeah. Um, so it's like, and what happens in this process? Because it's not just you're neutral, you didn't know about it, you actually hated it. And then starting to love it. And I think sometimes I also have that, that I'm suddenly feeling like a, a color, like I wanna wear green. And I don't know where, why, because I never wanted to wear green. And yeah. then a few weeks later, I see it everywhere in the stores. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, probably it was on Instagram, it was in magazines, in photos, like 
models wearing it. And I saw it, but I didn't realize seeing it because it wasn't that present yet. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, it's actually in the stores. And at this point, you already want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like, probably it's actually planned like that. They yeah. have these marketing strategies, but it's really scary because it works. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it's, it's like propaganda. That's yeah. how propaganda works. Yeah. That you just keep seeing the same and same opinion. And at some point you start believing it yeah. because everybody around you is and saying you see it. And people that you look up to wearing that or doing yeah. that. And at one point you're like, oh, they probably have something. Yeah. And a bit later, it's unconsciously you start liking it. Yeah. And it's on an emotional level. First, it's yeah. just your head thinking, oh, like, oh, yeah, they're cool and they're wearing mm-hmm. it. And I think that's the same thing. Like, you see it, you see green in fashion stores, you see green on models, you see green on influencers, and then suddenly you start painting green. Yeah. Because you don't want to use it everywhere. And for me, it's always like that, especially when I paint, that I'm also wearing the same colors that I feel like painting. Mm. Like, then I'm in this whole mood of what I'm feeling and yeah. what I'm wanting, like, to ex- like how I want to dress myself, how I want to paint, and especially with colors. And I think that's probably, I don't realize it as a lot of times, but it's influence of what is around me. Yeah, exactly. And so, I feel like yeah. that with, for example, soil, and mm. we discussed it a little bit now, but we had, we have one of the artists in our, at our school her name is Maxime Kopstein. Shout out to her. And she's amazing. Yeah. And everybody's looking up to her. And good that they do because she's such a workaholic. <laughs> and she used soil to like position her paintings mm-hmm. on that soil in the exhibition space to like get the paintings into the room. And now I see it a lot more in projects of other people who are somehow connected to Maxim. Yeah. <laughs> and now I see it everywhere else as well. And like this use of soil, for example. Yeah. It's an also obvious... Had to be exactly. Yeah. And I think that's another thing. I don't want like start no, finishing no, your you, sentence. You go. Okay. <laughs> you go, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> you, you're doing your shit. Uh, I'm trying. Um, that like the next point after collective work for me is the earth and the dirt and soil. Yeah. Um, I think there's this huge movement of going back to nature, um, fairy tales, mm. going into the forest, connecting yeah. with soil, with trees. And I love it. Like I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting to see how that happens. And also in our generation, which is really digital um, and digital natives and mm-hmm. then we want to go back to that and at the same time there's like this VR and digital art that's really yeah. like coming up and trending and often it is combined because I feel yes. like it's first when I thought about it I was like oh yeah there are these two different directions right now but then I was like most often it's like this Hufeisen thing as it called like they come back together like they meet like the digital and the earth things yeah. are most combined things ever yes and it's super interesting i was just about to say that it's so funny that you say that because i was like yeah even if it's vr it's usually combined with sculptures Mm -hmm. on the theme of nature or like rethinking an animal that could look a different way in the future but also the vr spaces are usually spaces of nature Like, the people who make those VR experiences and landscapes, those landscapes are usually generated on Blender, for yeah. example, and, and they look very naturalistic. Mm-hmm. They are, like, deserts or hills mm-hmm. or mountains. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a drive back to nature that people want to feel it and experience it, but they have no means to experience it in the real world, yeah. so they try to imitate it in electronic world. Mm-hmm. And I also saw a lot of projects, like, for example, in Heck, like Haus der elektronische Kunst, 
um, I don't know if I said that right, but like House of Electronical Arts in Basel, that there was this project about seismic activity and Mm -hmm. what are they called? Um, Earthquakes. Like, again, it's about nature. The whole exhibition was about nature, but it was in the House of Electronic Art. Mm -hmm. So I I see those in combination all the time. And I think there's this ecofeminism that like, um, that we're kind of over talking about femininity Mm-hmm. But we're not over talking about masculinity. It's a huge thing right now, yep. especially men talking about their masculinity. Yep. Um, but ecofeminism is again something that is still considered interesting, like yep. um, feminine things, uh, whatever, like gender questions combined with nature. That's like yep. also very present. Like yep. with nature, I think that's often because also these VR creatures, I think, are often not assigned to one gender when they're yep. made, and it's like this. It combines kind of everything. Yeah, um, they're usually without gender. Yeah. And I think that gives you so much freedom yes. as a creator to yes. become someone else through your project yeah. or literally just expose that. Because I think art is linked to beauty mm. and you somehow then connect this transgender character or just a no gender, ca- genderless character yeah. to beauty. And so yeah. it becomes elevated in a sense and mm-hmm. not something dirty or unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did I say? Also, I, uh, about masculinity, because yep. I think we need to dig deeper in a bit of that. Yeah. Because there was this thing, feminist project, we've all done it. Like, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, not all, all of, of those us, vaginas. Like, yeah. <laughs> and at one point, and I must say, I've also ca- came to that point suddenly, and I'm, I'm not there anymore, but like it happened to be, I was like, oh no, I'm so over it. And when I see another nipples mm. or something, I'm like, oh, yep. come on. Like we've seen it and we're over like white cis feminism. We don't need to see it again. Yeah. And it's okay. But at the same time, you also know and see the statistics that and feel it every day that sexism is still very present. Oh yeah. For every woman, it brings this kind of conflict into yourself of, oh, we're tired of talking about it, but we also need to new find new ways of talking about it and I think one escape route out of that is talking about masculinity because it's so strongly connected to femininity because yeah it's about gender it's about gender yeah and it's reconnecting to feminine things as um, a man also then again it's often made by cis men yeah I think it's just men realize that women talking about feminism is not enough to make change like it's just not happening it's not there we're still we're still like patriarchy is real that's why I honestly join the people who say all of the wars that happen in the world that one of the reasons is because the most people at the head of countries are men and this is such I'm sorry but war is a male thing like maybe I sound super I don't know maybe I sound super sexist right now but I feel like violence is generally not a female thing and it's the way that we raise boys as well like we never had to go to the army the army culture in so many countries even I was say Switzerland is just such a toxic culture yeah. and like women never have to go through that like and as a girl you're taught care about and care also in a toxic way but like you're taught to care and yeah you need to unlearn some of that stuff yeah but people that grow up as men are like not taught to care at all often no. also not by women again and men yeah. like by their fathers and mothers and whatever people are around yeah. them so yeah it's it's a very toxic system and we're still in it and art is trying to express that 
but it's also yeah and i think it was trying to express it through like the third wave of yeah. feminism in 1980s through many art projects and they were very influential however i feel like now if you make a project about like feminism as a woman it's considered cheap yeah. and it's considered a repetition of a repetition of a repetition so it's boring mm -hmm. but so many young men who are involved with arts mm -hmm. are usually a little bit more educated on the problems of um, sexism yeah. and also they had to fight against masculinity because art is considered something that women do yeah. um, especially in 2023 and so I feel like many men now who try to practice art are trying to make projects about masculinity and rejecting masculinity yeah. and for me yeah. like I'm very two-sided on this whole thing because at one oh, yeah. point I love I love that it's that is happening because yeah. feminism is also a lot about it's not just about cis women it's about every gender and it's also a lot about men and cis men and it's so important to talk about that and mm. it changes everything also for men not just for mm -hmm. women but at the same time the bar is sometimes so low yeah. for cis men I can I actually wanted to mention a project and I can I think I can mention it now I think the name of the person is Young Jun Tak and he made a project called Wohin it was all about masculinity but also it was inspired by his dad working at the daughter company of Hyundai and the whole project was based on that and the whole exhibition space was a white cube but he exactly was maximalist in the use of materials like there was a video about him driving he also used a ready-made so he took a part of the autobahn like those protection bars of the autobahn and brought it into the exhibition space and then he also had an altar piece in the middle which was a marble looking small column mm -hmm. with a metal rod on which there were two fox tails yeah. and then there was also like a stained glass work he smashed the window of the car like the front window of the car mm -hmm. and made it into a stained glass depicting a fox so playing with this religious theme yeah. and cars and masculinity because cars are considered a very masculine thing and also people working in car production is still very sexist yeah. i would say and then there was also a bumper of a car but not a bumper um, <laughs> we we, we did not know it the last time oh like God, the part of the car which you open yeah. to like fix it it had like a oh poem God. inscribed on it and then there were also a thousand more than a thousand like four thousand parts of a car cut up on the floor making like this carpet and I thought that work was amazing like the whole exhibition yes and it was a great look at masculinity because it wasn't like punching into your face it was very indirect and beautiful metaphorical take on masculinity through Hyundai amazing I wanted to look it up um ah uh, no the name no no i don't know like i mean not even i mean the good front at driving, of the car. But <laughs> it doesn't matter no. um but what i then wanted to talk about is this is getting very long where you take your inspiration and where you look for trends or like how they develop in your in your space like in yeah. your space that you inhabit i think when i tried to prepare myself for this podcast episode like i thought about like i, I went through my instagram the people i follow like the, the pages that come up um when i scroll through it and i also just googled like art trends 2022 um but nothing smart came up with that so i gave up i think yeah with trends what we said before sometimes i don't realize why i'm picking something up also sometimes I start doing things um, and then I see it in exhibitions and I'm reassured that I'm doing something that could work in the art market 
because I see that it's done in a similar way. I had that with not painting on like a fixed canvas, but like just on the textile of it. Oh yeah. And then there was this Vivian Sutra exhibition and I started doing it before I seen it, but then everyone was, oh, you do the same thing as her. And I was really great because she's an amazing artist, but, and it was reassuring that something that has like a lot of success now does something similar, but also it can be a bummer because you're like, oh, now everyone is just comparing it to that, even though, it wasn't even that much of an influence. Well, maybe other things were a big influence. Yeah. So it's a difficult question if you want that or not. And otherwise, also from just working with people like in the atelier. Yeah, like, it's important who you study with, basically. Yes. And I, I, it's horrible to say, but the quality of your work for every person considering to go into art and considering different art schools, look at what people produce yes. at your art school. But that's like, also now when I look at masters, I'm just like going through the studios and I'm like, do I feel like fun? I want to be as good as them that like or especially with like graduation exhibitions yeah. in the studies it's something else mm. we're still working on it when I see the what they exhibit when they graduated I feel that sounds so bitchy but like I feel like I could do that already or I'm not yeah. being inspired by what they did then I don't want, want to study there because I feel like I'm not gonna get further but I feel like oh man like they're so good I want to get to that yeah. point or some of them are so good and I feel also a bit small next to that, but like yeah. in a good way where I'm not small of like, I can never do this, but I want to do this and I want to learn this. And yeah. I love also working with people like that. I think like you or again, Maxim is like, we work together as free in the studio and it's, it is like that for me because I see you do like loads of shit and you're like both very workaholics and maybe we should all work on that. But also it's really inspiring to see all the things that mm. you're doing because I'm like, oh fuck, I also want to do another project or I could also use yeah. some material all they already did like 10 paintings last week and I haven't done anything. I haven't started yet. So maybe yeah. I should start going. Yeah. And that like inspires me in a really good, healthy way and not in mm -hmm. a toxic, oh, you're touching each other way. I mean, yeah. I think it usually comes together. Yes. But again, I experienced being in Vienna in at the Die Angewandte. It was a very toxic environment. But since then, I'm thinking to move because I feel like your art school, like you need to look at the works of your peers mm -hmm. and feel scared a little bit. Yeah. I cannot do this. Yeah, because otherwise you get pushed. too comfortable. You get very comfortable. And then there's no point creating yeah. anything because you're like, I could do that and I could do this and I could do that. And, and I'm already like very good so i don't need to prove and exactly also like with exhibitions i need to go to bigger exhibitions or to more exhibitions because if i like uh, oh, once a year or not but like every few months to one small yeah. exhibition i feel like oh like i could also do that exactly which is a fair feeling which sometimes it's needed for your confidence when you're in a crisis mm -hmm. but otherwise i want to get uncomfortable i want to oh, this is so cool, I want to get to work right now. Yeah. And, like, good exhibitions do that to me. Yeah, they challenge yes. you. They inspire but challenge you because yeah. they show you possibilities that you haven't thought of before yeah. and also the scale t to which you can aspire. Yes. I can mention where I take my inspiration and I feel like so many people right now take their inspiration there. I think it's more uh, sculpture-oriented but also paintings. And as you were saying, I have seen so much paintings being like into the room mm -hmm. and hung like laundry instead of on canvas yeah. but it's saliva live gallery talk net cuba paris white walls oflax platform there's so many like solo show and tired mass and i mentioned them because you can actually send your exhibition that you have made at your uni for example yeah. or you can send in your work to those accounts and it will be mentioned and i think feel like those are most active in the German-speaking world. Mm -hmm. They are quite influential. Like, if your work is mentioned there, it, it seems as if, like, you 
made it. You made it in your student career. You should also put it downstairs in the... Yes, <laughs> I'll put it downstairs yes. next to my entrance. I don't entrance. think I'm following all of these. No, um, I also can mention one magazine, which I think operates right now mostly in Vienna, Zurich and Berlin. Mm-hmm. It's called PW Magazine. And I feel like they were looking for writers a couple of months ago. But a lot of language there is quite... I hate that language. Like those mm. curatorial language of trying to create very smart words without actually oh, yeah. understanding what yeah, they mean. Yeah, in the end you don't know anything about... No. I, so I think like with the start of the portfolio text, I kind of do that. Like you have an idea of what I'm doing, but I also know that no one actually could understand what no. I'm actually doing. No. And it's problematic. But sometimes it's if it's not too long, I think it can be fun. Yeah, some, some texts are nice. Or if it's just nice. a starter and then more comes or you don't need... E- don't even need that explanation but if it's just yeah. that it's also re-elitarian how's the elitist elitist yeah that was the word yeah but what i thought was nice is that if you're looking for trends or you want to know what people are doing right now it makes sense to look at the thing called parkours it's like they make photo photos of all of the finishing projects of third year bachelor students mm, and nice. master students yeah. and then you can actually see what people are doing right now and i think that it was a great like summary of what people are doing right now and what's interesting and a lot of things that i picked up upon was from those parkour's video things and there's so much more where you can get your information there are different international magazines which send you emails with articles i'll link everything below i have a lot to 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 link what are the explanations for the trends that exist right now for you like why do you think we're seeing what we're seeing Ooh, good question um i think we with some of that, we already mentioned it, like with collectives oh, yeah. that were questioning society and working like this in very individualistic. Fucking tell every time we've made it again. Um, yeah. Like every time that we talk, Valerie cannot pronounce at least one word. At least. If it's only if one. If it's a good day, yes. you cannot pronounce two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and today it's uh, individualistic. It's, yeah. But that is a hard word to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, if I get to fair one, I had a lot worse things. Oh my I god, what was pronounce. it? Monogamous? No, I think I could, no, I pronounced that right. Yeah, you pronounced that. Oh yeah, because you're an expert. Oh yeah. <laughs> in in monogamy. No, not in monogamy. In whatever. Uh, in whatever. I'm not an expert in any way of relationships, so we're not getting <laughs> into that. This is not, we're not. That's the next This theme. is the whole we're not getting into no, today. No, 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 no. Oh, what did you ask? Oh, I yeah. asked me, like, what are the explanations? Yes. And right now I would say, like, look-wise, how things appear. Yes, it's a hard question. I think for different yeah. trends, different answers. True. Um, yeah, I can mention my explanations. Yeah, okay. Please. So I have a few and I'll be looking at my computer because, you know, I'm not too smart to hold every piece of information mm. in my brain. First one was that the current schools or the contemporary art schools are influenced by Bauhaus. So in the Walter Gropius 1919 manifesto, it went that he writes that the school is the servant of the workshop and like this whole idea of the workshop. Basically during Bauhaus, people had to go through the preliminary course, the Vorkurs or the, what is it called? The foundation course, what they're called. Then they had to go into like a little bit more specification and then they focused on one thing, it being ceramics, weaving, carpentry, Mm -hmm. printing metal or uh, stage design or painting uh, wasn't in there, I think, and like architecture appeared later. But I think I'm seeing it so much now that you go from like very broad spectrum focusing into one material. But also not really. There's so many artists that don't 
focus on like it's always this where you like in a cv or not in a cv but like in a portfolio right oh i do paintings video works and what you can expect from this portfolio yeah and i feel like you have this idea that you just write oh i'm a painter and maybe you add i write text yeah but at this point most people can like add five medias yeah true actually yeah i mean I think that people like focus on one thing, but also have all, like very varied practice. Yes. And that now you're still like the servant of the workshop, yes. but you're not expected to be really good. Like yeah. you're not an apprentice in the workshops yeah. because at, during the Bauhaus era, they were, they were actually making actual furniture, for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm. And right now I also see as in Bauhaus, like trying to rethink or simplify functional objects. Yeah. And I feel like now it's also a thing. Like people work with, they try to make chairs or yeah, shovels yeah. or I teapots. Just, I sent you this exhibition because I yeah. went to Paris last weekend and I looked up a few exhibitions that I could go to. And there was one exhibition space that was like, I think they were asked, maybe I'm talking bullshit right now, but the concept was about that they asked uh, some number of artists, I think 10 or something, to make a chair and right. they exhibited all these different oh, chairs yeah. and like art i mean they weren't just normal chairs they were yeah. like the idea of a chair yeah. used and i think it's exactly that that we're yeah. kind of getting to that but in an artistic way and we see i'm seeing a lot of furniture yes. like daniel duar he makes like wooden wooden furniture um but it's like in a shape of a rabbit or like there are snails crawling all over it and it's exhibited in museums yeah. and you don't even know if you can sit on it or not yeah. so it's like not functional necessarily and also with materials i see so many people and i also want to do it more stitching crocheting making ceramics making yeah. pots making knitting everything somehow with material yeah um but also it's not about high quality no but still it is about quality it's something in between it's like between the craft like you still need to have the knowledge in yeah, craft, and but you also, still have to yeah. allow freedom yes yeah and like make weird shit with that or yeah like close yourself um or yeah just like vases or like colorful things mm-hmm. um but also really pretty things and a lot of people are really good at it and some like are just doing whatever because they have fun with it and yeah. i'm kind of this person but yeah yeah i think that's also really fun to see how this is m- more and more coming yeah a few weeks ago we had a like project week where we went to visit different students that once did Kunstvermittlung in Lucerne, but already finished it a few years ago. And we went to one person that now is the leader of a Schreinerei, what is that called? Ooh, a wooden, wooden, wooden workshop yeah. thing. A carpentry, like, carpentry. Okay. It's like it has, he got it from his dad and does it with his brother, and it's like over 100. Yeah. workers so it's a big thing and he was like yeah there are all these people like also not doing ceramics and like wooden things but it's more just like a christmas present like it's mm. not real craft it's not real quality and it wasn't like against people doing that but he was also judging it because he was like it's not the same and i think it's not the same but it also is not better or worse it's just it's cannot, a different purpose yeah, you cannot compare them it's you're like, not it's still the purpose of art but yeah. in a crafts way which is super right. interesting like yeah. it's in a material that was used for doing purposeful stuff but with the idea of art which doesn't have to exactly you can make a bag out of tape yeah or a bag out of camera belt or something and it's in a form of a bag you cannot use it obviously because it will get sloggy and wet yeah and 
you wouldn't use it but the form of a bag what does it make you think about yeah. it makes you think of commercialism or burdens like it's the idea behind and mm -hmm. I think people don't get it a lot especially when you go to crafts a lot of like craft makers get offended yeah, yeah. because they are really good yes. and you're just a novice yeah but being a novice allows for experimentation mm -hmm. and results which wouldn't be there so yeah. I think it's a think good and a bad thing he also added that I don't know how exactly he said it but like that artists are still very needed in that field as well yep. because they experiment a lot and they try out new stuff that so to some other people may seem stupid but in the end maybe they discover some really cool shit yeah so it is very different but it does work also mm. together or like it's both needed i mean i would want to talk about it in a different yeah. podcast episode but i would love to talk about failure because all of my yeah. projects are failures <laughs> it's like a, a, a mistake gone good yeah or me deciding that a mistake is all of my projects generate from me not following instructions well yeah. i try to follow them but i fail yeah. and then i make something interesting yeah. the last thing i did I love was happy accidents i know like i added a paint like for epoxy resin to wax which mm -hmm. is very dangerous and you shouldn't do it but because it just smells like shit and you, you like just don't add it yeah <laughs> but i was trying to achieve an effect of like a sick stomach mm -hmm. out of wax and the, the the particles of that epoxy resin paint remained as those particles and bubbles mm -hmm. inside of wax mm -hmm. and i achieved this effect of like a cancerous stomach because Sounds of it really cool. I haven't seen yeah it yet. and i feel like if i was an expert in something i wouldn't allow mm -hmm. myself to make those mistakes yeah so i think and it's a lot harder to actually that's how i decided that i want to study fine arts before i mm. study anything else if i study anything else because i was in between of like illustration animation and fine arts yep. or like some i don't know geography weren't we all <laughs> and then i was like but i can always learn techniques later but if you once have like all mm. these rules in your head it takes so much energy to unlearn rules oh god it's yes. insane and if you don't even know like a friend of mine that does animation talked um, with me about it that he was like sometimes it's super interesting to see the videos that video works like that people that don't have this knowledge do because they're so different to what he or like other people that studied are doing and he says i can't go back to that like it looks different and i can't achieve to get into that form it's not like a better version but it's a mm. different one and once you learned all these rules you can't go to this natural state of how a work looks and it can also have something really like really good quality of that Mm -hmm. and really interesting things and really interesting really things, interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> i still have a lot to say yeah. i'll, I'll finish go, go. look wise yeah what i also think is there is a competition to show like proficiency in multiple tools and it has a connection to what is available in art schools right now and in expensive places no in rich places like switzerland mm -hmm. uh or or austria there are 3d printers all types like wax printers and dust printers and whatnot printers and cnc machines and uh, vr equipment and 3d scanners and as an artist you feel like you have to get on top of those techniques because they are in the real world and that will increase your chance of being employed even though it probably mm -hmm. won't i feel like there is like this drive towards people for example drawing um their object in blender or rhino printing it in different materials on a 3d printer and then copying it in other materials just to prove that they can work with all of that equipment and that somehow adds value to the work i don't know how i feel about it because like does it really add value to yeah. the work you could have just sculpted it in clay and then copied yeah. it but you go through the hard way yeah and i constantly as a person like i do 
quite a lot of casting now and I like casting mm -hmm. and I constantly every time that I sculpt something out of clay I'm like but you could print that on a 3d printer mm -hmm. you could learn this computer program to do that and that yeah. and I feel like that's I don't know I don't know how I feel about it I also think things which became popular right now like tufting and embroidery and textile things are also becoming popular because those materials are cheaper yeah yeah it's always embroidery also, like, is super cheap and affordable what material is also just cheaper a question of um how much money you have yeah or like people doing a lot of zines i always thought they were zines but they're zines uh, okay so like very non-commercial print work um why people are printing them right now it's because you cannot afford to print an actual book or like mm. a journal so you tend to go with printing yourself on yeah. a school printer well, and that's a zine i did some scenes and i must say it was one like these projects were one of the more expensive ones because yep. in comparison like school printers are still quite expensive and if you have like 30 pages and you want to print 20 of them which is not a lot it costs quite a, quite a lot already and what i also thought is that art what i heard being said by someone else is <laughs> that art is becoming very insular and what i mean by that is that people are making projects about projects of other people mm -hmm. from the past and like for example the banana it's like by modi to catalan which was sold mm -hmm. for 120 thousand. Yeah. it was a joke it was an inside joke yeah. and i feel like many stu art students are doing that too yeah. is that we're making projects about projects of other people just because we, we have our own community as well yeah. and we will get it you won't get it as audience but we will yeah. and we will laugh and we will enjoy it and who cares that it won't sell because nothing will sell to be honest yeah. um yeah <laughs> but also like um it's not the same but there are also these fun projects which i just do because it's an inside joke or because yeah i feel like oh it's a funny idea i want to do it yeah. and they're always the most complicated ones yep. i had this fun project idea two months ago now i'm doing a whole website on my own yep. i'm coding it i learned how to do a website it has 100 links to 200 i don't know it's something in between that and it was super fun i was really happy that i'm doing it yeah and it's never the fun project not fun most anymore ones. <laughs> it's still fun but it's the most dangerous one that it will spend weeks and months on it yeah <laughs> well on this note i have only the last thing maybe to mention because it was kind of like an input from a friend who noticed that like the design of objects is becoming less aggressive and he mentioned it on like bmws which basically became round right now instead of being like very edgy and beautiful do you notice that in art somehow i don't I don't think so. Yeah, me neither. No. I feel like it's getting more aggressive. Yeah. I'm seeing metal so much. Metal. Metal um, everywhere. Bigger, brighter. Going big, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, we didn't... Right, we didn't mention it. But what we talked about last time was that many... Yeah, like many art students right now are trying to go big, even though if you don't have a big budget, like you try to go big by just creating a lot of small objects and just putting them around the room. Yeah. So ten a tendency to go toward big installations. And I feel like that's great because I yeah. love them. Yeah, me too. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and you can rate us on Spotify. You can follow us on TikTok. And you on, can follow us on Instagram and YouTube. And on Spotify and YouTube. Oh my God. And yeah. Anchor. I don't yes. know if people can follow you on Anchor. But, I don't know. but follow us everywhere. Like us everywhere. Like and, and subscribe. If you have like any comment about it, about something yep. that you hated that we said, love, or just um, podcast in general. Yeah, suggestions. Slide into our DMs. Yeah, bye. bye.